0: So it is like 80 degrees outside. I saw some dude, he looked like he was harassing some Jewish guy or something like that. Bending some lady over a car. Seemed like some kind of lot lizard. Don't know quite where I found him, but. Fuck Israel. (laughs) I found somebody along the road. (laughs) What is up everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do, getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So, if that's a problem, kiss my ass. I
1: okay? oh, am.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take two. In Liberty and Health, 107. First one in person. We cheers. I spilled whiskey on my shirt. We could do it one more time. It's Liberty and Health drinking wiggle whiskey old-fashioned. We were just going on about uh, the greatest barbecue restaurant in the world that uh, I had Reed try, and uh, I, I'm not it sure he's... quite big rigs barbecue. It's pretty good stuff. I'm not sure he's quite as impressed as uh, I would hope, but... Uh, oh, no, I was impressed. It's just when you say... It, it, well, in Utah, we say we have the best snow in the world, which... <laughs> I'm I'm wondering like how was that tested? Like how do you know if, like if you've gone up in the Himalayas and found every patch of snow I and mean, then like nope, this right here is the best. So whenever someone says it's the best in the world, you know, I just like the, the, I, the I bar's got it pretty high. first. So yeah. 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 Well but it, it was it was good. And I'm not a white supremacist, I'm just saying it was good. So <laughs> by the way, are all are all scuba divers white supremacists? Because this is the symbol for I don't know if you've ever gotten scuba diving, but this uh, is okay. Because this means go to the surface, mm-hmm. so they got to use this for. I can honestly say I've never seen a black person scuba dive. That's a good point. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's incredibly or it's totally possible that you could have a entire sect of white supremacists that has yet been undiscovered, and perhaps the woke left will catch on to that sometimes. Right? right. I and that does seem like something that uh, black people might say white people shit too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, so you were just in Texas, Reno, and all over that side of the country, and maybe hammered out a few lot lizards on the way there. More than a few. Okay, good. There, there was a uh, destructive path in the wake. I think I found you crawled on one um, when, when we kind of met up. But uh, So what was uh, Reno like? Because I really haven't asked that many people about it. Reno was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, the first day was total shit. Uh, it was just like a complete clusterfuck. Like, I mean, we were, like, voting to suspend the rules, to adopt a motion, to change the agenda, to blah, blah. I mean, it was just like, what the It's a regular libertarian party oh, shit. And it started, I think, at, like, 8 in the morning or 9 in the morning. And then, like, around noon, we are like, okay, we're supposed to go to lunch, but we went on, I think, another, like, hour or so, so it's, like, yeah. one o'clock, and then we decided to vote on whether or not we should go to lunch, <laughs> and there was, like, a clusterfuck over that, and then finally, like, by the end of the first day, all we had done was adopted an agenda, so in other words, we figured out yeah. what we were going to do, you know, how the, what the order of business is going to be, and so then the next day was a lot more interesting. It was right... From the get-go, we voted on chair, and then we voted on treasurer, and secretary, and vice chair. And uh, it was complete blowouts on chair, secretary. 69.6%. Yeah, it was uh, roughly 70% for all three of those. But then for vice chair, it was close. Like, Mm -hmm. Josh Smith and Rod Sepp were within, I think, like 15 or 20 votes the first round. So then we did
1: another round with just them. And then Josh beat Eric out that time,
0: but it wasn't a majority. So he didn't, so it doesn't matter if you just have more votes, you need a majority. So you need two thirds of the votes. Right. And so then we had to vote Josh Smith or none of the above. And I was like, "Shit, Josh had better fucking win this. <laughs> if he yeah. loses to none of the above, that's going to be yeah, it's going to be pretty the bad." We've we've kind of hung uh, none of the above for Nick Sorel over his head for the last couple years. Um, so have you had any any personal interactions with Rod Set or no? no. I mean, I'm I briefly like said hello to him maybe twice. There, he seems like a nice guy. I don't really know him at all. Uh, I don't, I don't know him well enough to have have an an opinion opinion on on his character. I guess. Sure. I just knew that, um, you know, he had supported gun control in 2020, I think, or 2019, or something. And he'd supported raising the minimum wage. And he'd also very libertarian. um, He was there's something about like transgender children or something. So Mm -hmm. I was just like kind of soft on him, and then. I also know Josh really well. He's been in the party a long time, and yeah. he's represented what we want for the change in the party. And also, while the convention was going on, the chair, uh, she was actually uh, she was in the hospital. Like, she'd been there the first day, and then she yeah. had to go to the hospital. And the whole point is, like, if Angela gets sick or dies or something bad happens to her, Josh is supposed to be able to step in and replace her yeah. so he was the only one I felt comfortable with you know representing what we would not want to see happen so so who ended up chairing the meeting that was it Angela I forget Josh? his name to be honest okay. um, I don't even want to say what position he was because I'm assuming he was vice chair but I don't even remember so sure but
1: yeah
0: I <laughs> yeah. honestly didn't care as well you know funny enough I had Eric Rodsep on the show and uh I, I like Eric mm-hmm. and in my brief interaction with him. He seemed like a good dude, but, uh, you know, I made it very abundantly clear that I favored Josh getting the, uh, the nod over Eric just because, um, in that kind of role, you definitely need somebody who's going to be a firebrand and represent the party well. And I didn't feel like that was Eric, despite the fact that Eric may be a conscientious worker for the party and may be a libertarian with some solid history. Um, I just didn't feel like he represented where the party is moving sure yeah i mean the other thing is we've been burned so many times by people who said they were going to you know support the Mises agenda or whatever but then they end up burning us so yeah. like i don't i am all for working with people who are ready to put that behind themselves and yeah. like But not in a leadership position, like we've just learned by now that you can't do that, in my opinion. Yeah, Um, here in Pennsylvania, we've definitely seen a lot of that, where you extend an olive branch to people and you just get fucking slapped every single time. So, at some point, you could say, okay, well, we can accept the, or um, willingly extend an olive branch here, but we can't do it here because someone's consistently proven. If you you want to follow along with us, great, but, like, if you're going to be in a position to direct things, (laughs) then sorry right yeah i totally get that so you also went to the attacks event we were shooting the shit a little bit about this earlier but that was for the ron paul institute and you said it was called the biden new world order it Something was like uh that. yeah it was put on by the ron paul institute yeah and it was called the biden agenda um or no the biden doctrine new world order or nuclear armageddon yeah and they were basically <laughs> like talking about how confusing it was, what his policies were, the direction they were pushing us in. Uh, But Dan McAdams spoke, Scott Ritter spoke, uh, Lou Rockwell spoke, and then Ron Paul finished off. And the speech from Scott Ritter was great. Like the first half was just about how we cannot win a land war in Europe and we can't keep escalating tensions with Russia. Mm -hmm. And then the second half was all about we cannot win a land war in asia and we should stop escalating tensions with china
1: yeah because almost every event i've ever
0: gone to is like they're based on like half of the stuff and then so like the commies might be sort of based on russia i mean mm-hmm. on uh, china like not wanting to go to war with china right like, actually not based on china they like china like <laughs> i don't i don't like china i just don't Ugh. want to go to war with them All right, right. <laughs> I, I think that's a logical position of any person <laughs> when you tell people hey maybe we should go to war with china oh well you're pro-ccp yeah like no i just don't think we should end human civilization as we know it yeah and uh, <laughs> i mean but th- this thing was just based across the board it yeah. was like it was pretty cool it's the people that kind of have chosen the people of our kind of brand of libertarianism to inherit the libertarian party kind of carry the torch forward
1: so that's really cool that you kind of got to get out and be about with the other people Um, when i had eric on this is going to air on
0: friday but uh when we were talking um we were talking about just kind of deloading from politics and getting away from it but even when it's not just getting away from politics being around other people at political events like even the libertarian party events or you know the Ron paul events there's something about just being around a bunch of people and having a good time with shared interests that's just you can't replace that and that is something that was largely taken from us in 2020 yeah. and i hope people aren't so quick to forget because you and i talk about this a lot and i think or two of the libertarians who really hit on this, where we say like, Hey, there's going to be a lot of right wingers are grift and say they've been against the lockdowns and everything oh, the entire yeah. time when they were 100% complacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to hang out with like-minded people. And there's this real push lately that, you know, you got to clean your own room first, which I mean, I agree. <laughs> and I know, you know, me well enough and I know you well enough that yeah. our rooms are clean. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. But, uh, on top of that, like, trying to be perfect before you become part of a community is stupid. Yeah. I mean, I went, I grew up going to church, and none of these people were perfect Christians, yeah. but they would all get together and encourage each other to live a certain way or whatever. Yeah. You know, having a libertarian community that is like that is great, I yeah, think. Yeah. I mean, it like, the Mises Caucus is probably the biggest surge of excitement uh, as far as anywhere within the liberty movement. Goes. yeah you know, like i mean that ron paul event was awesome but it wasn't anything compared to reno like this tell- mm-hmm. reno was just insane he okay that well, was there The the huh. young people that were there yeah um and and this event um you know ron paul did go to reno too which yeah. also helped and dan McAdams was there and everything but having like this organization with all these young people who truly care about this stuff i think it's really valuable so yeah Well, you know what, and I've definitely been guilty of maybe staring down my nose at people who aren't quite as far along in their life as I am, so perhaps it is a fault of my character, but I see a lot of the post-libertarian critiques. I know this has been a subject lately with Mark Clare and Dave, and and not like, I don't even want to say a problem, because it's really not a problem, but um, I think people are calling out certain things, and... I agree with their criticisms, but at the same time, perhaps maybe this community might be somewhere where people can focus together and find those other people and motivate themselves to become better. And perhaps that's something that maybe I have missed, and maybe Mark's missing a little bit when he's kind of criticizing people for a certain degree. And not that I'm name dropping Mark and trying to say anything bad about him, but this is particularly someone who just more recently kind of came out very vocally. I do not say against the Mises Congress, but kind of against the idea of joining community, perhaps prematurely, but perhaps that's maybe the rite of passage to a higher meeting for somebody that's going to make them strive to be something better, which I don't see a downside there. Yeah. I mean, I also think, you know, some people need a right-wing community or a left-wing community. Like that's just what, so some people are like more right-wing than they are libertarian or they're more sure. left-wing than they are libertarian yeah. and i don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that that's just not what i'm concerned with sure. and i think if you are a libertarian then you know at least if you're in like a libertarian movement like the whole point of your movement is being libertarian mm-hmm. not being a right-winger or a left-winger then Surrounding yourself with people who care more about liberty than right-wing or left-wing yeah. just makes sense. And so that's what the Libertarian Party is. And, you know, I've met a lot of people who have very different backgrounds, different religious beliefs, different cultural preferences. But they can put they, – they care the most about not being oppressed by the government.
1: And that's what I care
0: about the most, too. Like, if we live in a stateless society, then I, I would – gravitate towards some other group like sure. maybe it would be you know a non-religious group or a, a more right-leaning group in some way i mean i don't know like because i do have cultural preferences but they all take a back seat to you know like mm-hmm. d- dismantling the state so. yeah and that's kind of something that i've noticed with some libertarians in this regard is that um, perhaps they're putting the culture war stuff at the forefront perhaps a little bit too much and i agree that there is a major impact of culture but at some point you have to realize that what's your ultimate goal is it to increase liberty or is it to completely crush one side of a culture war that you disagree with and i think that some of the people when they're looking at it this specific way is that they forget there's going to be some collateral damage along the way because there's Good people who are left-wingers, but because you arbitrarily say that I am this, I'm right-wing, and that's that, and it's my definition of right-wing, and that's that. Then you may lose out on some really, really good people like Kim Iverson, like Abby Martin,
1: who culturally
0: I disagree with, but I really enjoy listening to them because I want to hear their arguments culturally. I want to hear what they're in favor for that I disagree with to kind of get a better understanding and a, a better feeling for what they're advocating for because, you know, I line up with a lot of the right-wing kind of people when it comes to cultural views but when it comes to political stuff they're unable to objectively look at their candidates and say this is the objective reality this isn't my feelings right Right. and a lot of the thing is facts before feelings right that's what they always say but once again when it comes to objective outcomes of certain candidates that's where they lose the ball on that so culturally we line up but politically they don't see eye to eye and like i said when it comes to the right-wing kind of people. I feel like they arbitrarily limit themselves and ostracize people who may actually be good allies just because they don't align with them on a few issues culturally. And I don't align with them either, but that doesn't mean that we should exclude them entirely from, you know, trying to advance liberty. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> I am much more culturally right wing. If anyone anyone who knows me, like who- <laughs> I mean, some people d- probably don't know what my politics are. Mm-hmm. They would guess I'm a Republican, I'm sure. sure. I mean, I own guns. Mm-hmm. I'm very straight edge. You know, I work tons of hours. Like, I mean, everything about my life is right wing. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, politically, I look at like the last few years and what the left has done to the right. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know, if you, I, I think you'd agree with me on this, but I do not think that the left has castrated the right. No. I think, if anything, the right has, like, more resolve than ever right now because they've been banned off of everything because they've had all this shit rubbed in their faces for the last couple of years. Like, they're angry, and they want vengeance, and they're going to get it. Like... If you guys, if the liberals had just, like, gotten their free speech and their gay marriage and then just laid <laughs> yeah. off and then, like, cool, this is what we wanted. Thanks, yeah. guys. Like, There would be a much better place. I don't think we'd be here right now. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's through this, like, incessant, like, pushing of your views on top of people who disagree with you. It creates this blowback. So not only do you have the collateral damage of, like, hurting people in the process of pushing your views on them. Yeah. You also get the blowback of dude what the fuck like i mean i mean think about how many people who didn't give a shit about mm-hmm. politics a year ago or two like, years ago now do and right. they're going to be vote red no matter who people because yeah. they're just like fuck you i fucking hate you you ruined my life you took my job and, and that's the problem with this cult this constant escalation especially when it comes to culture war stuff and now you're starting to see them come for like children and having children yeah. at pride parades it's like no like decent person says this is okay like right. and I, I was talking to eric about this like okay maybe there's an argument for and like i said you know, like, this is gonna get clipped out but maybe there's an argument for maybe introducing children to you know maybe like a gay couple that isn't like flamboyantly gay but just to kind of Give them that understanding of perhaps different people and sure. the way that different people do things. And I'm not advocating for this, but maybe you could make that argument. I, I don't know what to think about that. I know that if I had kids, I probably would think like maybe wait till they're a little bit older, but I'm open to the arguments. But uh, when you constantly just lever up and lever up and you gotta up to Annie, um, kind of to what you were saying is that now the right wing is going to want to have their piece too. And I think a lot of people have very, very short memories when it comes to the old cultural, right? Where pornography should be banned and video games make people go on mass murders. Well, you're going to have a resurgence of that now. And right. So like, there are so many like right wing libertarians who get pissed at me that I tell the right, like, no, you don't want, all you want to do is, Get rid of this power yeah. and not push it on your enemies. Like, You're a wolver for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but it's like, look, I lived through when you guys had the power back 20 years ago, yeah. and then people just got sick of it. Like it was freedom fries. You can't read Harry Potter. You know, rock music is going to make you worship the devil. Like you said, video games going to turn. Yeah. In. And, and people just had enough of it. They're like, all right, fuck this. And then they kind of went left a little bit till it got to like this kind of more tolerant phase and then it went like hard left and it's gotten ridiculous but so it's now it's right. gonna swing hard right and then it'll probably swing hard left again in 20 more years and it's just like
1: <laughs> I mean, it's,
0: it's ridic- like culture is also downhill from politics it's not just politics being downhill from culture because like i said there's so many people who wouldn't have considered themselves right-wing like a year and a half ago, but now they're just like, fuck you. I hate you so much. Exactly. And And I think I've shot you a few messages about this before, but, uh,
1: people literally wearing the brand Neo reactionary proudly,
0: like think about what you're saying. You're saying you're proud to be reactionary to the ridiculousness that you're seeing now. Why can't you have a principled stance and as cliche as it is, but to kind of be the porcupine, right? Like Fuck around. Find out. Stay the fuck away from me. Don't bring the woke shit near me. Don't bring this video games make you murderer kind of shit near me. Leave that shit away from me and my family. And you could do generally whatever you want so long as you're not harming kids or harming me. Right? Um, And I feel like as a community, um, obviously without government, you kind of have an obligation to at least check your neighbors to the best of your ability to try to keep the community somewhat more... Assimilate it to a specific value that you guys all hold together. If you're going to have this kind of poppy and covenant community, right? That they, that a lot of people push for. I'm okay with that, but um, I think so many people kind of like what we're saying here is just they're looking for vengeance. They just want to crush the left unnecessarily. But then what's going to happen is that, like you said, 20 years down the line, the left becomes the neo reactionaries, and you're going to have people rising up that want to do crazy shit that we probably can't fathom right now and i think a lot of people as i said earlier just have really really short memories and i think it would serve people a lot better to say like hey maybe we should just try to slow this down and maybe cool off the white hot culture war stuff and maybe be closer to people that more resemble our values and leave people who don't maybe leave them to the areas that they want to assimilate towards basically advocating for secession or soft secession or whatever people could do to be around more like-minded people. Not even that you have to agree with them 100%, but if there's stuff that you find absolutely appalling or demonic, as everybody's saying now, um, leave those people be demonic together. You can go enjoy whatever kind of lifestyle you want separate from those people, and I think it's what we should focus on rather than trying to crush those other people. Yeah, well, I think, like, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Boston, like, these places are just going to get more and more insane. And then, you know, some places in Florida and Texas and Alabama, they're going to get more and more insane the other (laughs) way. But I think probably most of the country is going to still stay kind of in the middle. Like, I mean, most of Iowa or Nebraska or, you know, Missouri or whatever, like I don't really see this extreme polarization happening like it is in a lot of these other places. So, um I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily that every single, like it's going to become this big start right, left divide across everywhere. It seems like there's going to just be pockets of it that are just absolutely insane yeah. in both directions. So Yeah, that would, uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense to me as well. Um, I, I, and obviously we're kind of speculating here. I don't, I don't think anybody knows 100% what's going to happen down in the future, but, uh, I definitely see Florida kind of being the bastion of right wing, <laughs> which which is fine. You know, if that's what you want, then that's what you want. But uh, kind of, I guess, bridging on to another topic is uh, Ron DeSantis and his style of governance. Um, a lot of libertarians like him because he fights back. But once again, I think they're missing out. And yeah, they say it's a cliche to say that, that power is going to be turned around on you, but okay, you're depending on one person, so what happens if that one person fails? And me, being a mechanic, I always think of what happens when shit goes wrong. Yeah. That is, every time I sell a job, every time I'm working on something, the thought's always, what happens if shit goes wrong? <laughs> you got to account for that, because if you don't, then you can call it with your pants down, and then shit really goes south. Yeah. That's a position I try to never, ever, ever put myself in, and I think – a lot of people who ride DeSantis' stick so hard and think this is going to be the solution to get us stay on or to, you know, monarchy or whatever. Um, I feel like they're a little bit naive in looking down, um, you know, the barrel today and how things are going to pan out in the future when you have Ron DeSantis governing by decree. And just because it's the way you like it, um, once again, what's stopping Florida from becoming blue? Yeah, I get you could try and keep people out by using different... You know naming different things trump street or santa street or you know the holy church of israel or whatever. Yeah. um you may be able to incentivize people who don't agree with you to move there but you're still kind of rolling the dice you don't have a plan b i think that's a ridiculous way to govern so that's kind of where i like the way that new hampshire's doing things because they're actually rolling back the powers that allowed the government to do some of the stuff they did over the last two years Yeah, well, I think DeSantis almost gets praised for the wrong things. Like, what I really love is when he said, like, we're not sending the National Guard to Washington, D.C. for the State of the Union address. Mm -hmm. Like, stuff like that is fucking awesome. I love it when he does that. Uh, But when he, like, bans, you know, peaceful protesting, uh, when he... BDS, or when he bans private businesses from being able to decide how they want to hire people like no, i completely disagree with that and i agree with you that's why i'm going to new hampshire like i I think um you know the way they're doing things is much more bulletproof so sununu is like basically guaranteed to win re-election but even if he doesn't it won't really change anything because everything has already become so decentralized but especially if he stays in there which i think he will the free staters basically have him on a short leash. Mm-hmm. And they're basically like, don't cross us or you'll regret it. You know, cause oh, yeah, they yeah. control like, I think like 40% of the legislature right now. And he's not a thorn in their side. He's sort of just like a begrudgingly willing participant. Like, okay, I'll sign this, you know? And yeah. um, so I'm way more interested in how that's going. Because instead of DeSantis like holding his state hostage basically to whatever he wants. It's the other way around. Like, Sununu is kind of tied to what the legislature wants. Right. And it's a much harder thing. To, I mean, you have to, like, sweep the legislature, have all sorts of, of elections that undo a bunch of restrictions they've put in yeah. place over the last couple of years. So it's just much less likely to be corrupted. There, yeah, there's – it seems like there's a lot more of a firm foundation. And um, I totally get the appeal of after being told by the left for the last – fuck, you might as well say – 15 years that you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're this, you're that. Um, I totally get the appeal of seeing somebody finally kind of go for the jugular and say, we're done putting up with this. But once again, let's try to zoom out a little bit and look beyond just today. And when it comes to this political strategy, I really don't think people are looking beyond today. New Hampshire seems to be looking beyond that. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it doesn't seem like a lot of the these new right-wing people are really looking beyond that and i think it could not that it will but it could really fucking bite him in the ass yeah well i mean you look at a lot of the like the libertarian party in new hampshire last year they made a great tweet that <laughs> they got all sort of shit for
1: but, <laughs> quite a few uh, it was that
0: you know republicans complain about wokeness and equity or whatever yeah. but they don't do anything libertarians want to abolish the civil rights uh, Civil Rights Act. (laughs) Yeah. Which, I'm sorry, but that's true. Like, Mm -hmm. that does defuse a lot of this problem. But what are the Republicans doing? They are embracing the civil rights argument over, like, vaccination status. They were doing this, like, crazy last winter. Like, we need to protect the civil rights of everyone who's unvaccinated. It's like, no the fuck you don't. Like, that's not how this works, you know? Like, we need to get rid of this precedent that the government has to guarantee the right of people to go Mm. into whatever place or work wherever they want or like i mean so seeing a lot of libertarians kind of embrace that right-wing populism of believing in civil rights again it was just like i don't know to me me it was kind of mind-boggling and baffling like that that's the wrong direction it's Mm. like like you said it's just looking at like the immediate present Mm. tense and you know, forgetting about the repercussions. That's yeah. in the future. So, so one thing I always picked up from Jordan Peterson was that, uh, when things are chaotic, you shorten your time span. And I think that's kind of what people are doing. Yeah. And, uh, as I was talking to Eric about this yesterday is sometimes you do you need to deload. And I think Twitter is as much I hate to kind of bring it down to something as stupid as that, but, uh, getting off Twitter for a week, um, or trying, getting banned off, <laughs> <laughs> getting banned on Twitter. Um, just trying to (coughs) cool down and maybe enjoy something else for a little bit is a great way to kind of look beyond just the immediate right now, because especially on Twitter, you're just blasting with shit constantly. You're always looking and seeing what's going on. And then you're always hearing about different things. Um, I, within these last two weeks, have just hardly kept up with anything political just because I know at a certain point, it's like, okay, I'm focusing on diet stuff right now, health stuff. Um, You know, we just had a camping trip last weekend. There's so much more to life than just political stuff. And this kind of gets to, it almost complements a post-libertarian point. But what I've tried to tell people a lot now is kind of like, you need to stop and smell the primrose path along the way. So, you know, you're moving from Utah to New Hampshire, and it definitely seems like you've kind of stopped and smelled a lot of roses and maybe some uh, piles of shit along the way to uh, get from uh, Utah to New Hampshire. So um, I guess the uh, banning on Twitter Maybe a little bit of a shitty thing, but it's kind of like, uh, hey, at least I get to enjoy spending time with people, you know, traveling the whole country. Yeah, I mean, I did a couple camping trips this year. Uh, I went out right after Reno. I went through California, through, yeah. through the Redwoods. And uh, before that, in March, I had done a road trip through the Canyonlands. You may um, or may not have thrown around. Rock, yeah, rock somewhere. maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh you know, there were extended periods of time with no cell phone service at yeah. all, and so it's just like, oh, so nice, like, not knowing what's going on, not, like, having to type the quick response to whoever blasted me on Twitter or whatever, like, <laughs> I mean, that we get so torqued up about that stuff, and it, I mean, think of, like, Ace, how many fucking arguments he's been in thousands at this point like how many of them have been yeah. consequential like a few of them maybe but yeah you know like i, I don't start using zero <laughs> maybe i'm wrong no. i don't know maybe he's really changed someone's mind but yeah. like for me like just doing that forever and ever and ever is just like why bother it's just kind of yeah. fruitless. listen so yeah i mean i think getting off of twitter is healthy you know yeah you should try it yeah i, I completely agree and i've tweeted less and less and I know my fiance kind of busted my balls about being on Twitter so much. And it's definitely been less in these last couple weeks. And I, I do notice that I, I don't feel quite as compelled to argue with people. And I, I'd i be a liar if I said I didn't engage because there are definitely times where you're just scrolling through. You're like, you know, I got to just fucking pound somebody out real quick. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you're like 62 tweets later. You're like, well, what am I even doing with yeah. my life? Like, dude, it's such a fucking You're just going to call people a faggot and move Like, <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> I mean, if someone has someone yeah. a question, uh, I'll answer it. But if they come at me sideways, like you bigoted for them, i just be like, you know, I'll just throw right back at them. So yeah. Yeah. You can usually tell when people are engaging in good faith. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to talk to you about this too, but, uh, Justin Amash has kind of come under fire a lot recently. And I talked to Eric about this too, but, uh, I think people – this kind of goes back to the whole short memory deal. People forget how good Justin Amash actually was when he was in Congress.
1: Yeah. Because,
0: like, if you look at his voting record versus, like, Thomas Massey's, they're indistinguishable, right? If you put a blindfold on and put your finger here, we're told to guess which one was which or whatever, um, you wouldn't be able to tell the two apart. And now he's in the Libertarian Party – And yes, he's milquetoast. Yes, he's boring. Yes, he's not going to fire you up to go in the Fed. But like as a principled libertarian and a guy who legitimately fought for liberty consistently and always voted in favor of liberty, it annoys me to see people be so ungrateful for the steps that he made for people's liberties. And despite the fact that it may not have been entirely consequential, Mm -hmm. um, you should never forget the one person who was always consistently voting for you. So when I see libertarians just kind of dissing him and forgetting what he was doing like 10 years ago, it's kind of mind boggling to me. And it's very frustrating because I agree. Okay. Whatever. He's a blue pill libertarian. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this dude fought for you. You should be very thankful that this guy was in Congress to be a libertarian voice there. I mean, he was like a Ron Paul kind of guy. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. I think he's just kind of like culturally deaf. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> yes. I don't really think he's ever been wrong about much. Like, yeah, I mean, honestly. When, I mean, he's not like the loser brigade, you know, making arguments for vaccine passports. Like he was yeah. very staunchly against that. And, He's been spot on with like almost everything yeah. he said. It's Perseids. just yeah, it's just like he's just kind of. I mean, he's socially out of touch. I think yeah, like it's, so he's just yeah. I'd say he's kind of boring and uh, milk toast. But I don't think he's I don't think he's a bitch or anything like no. that. And people treat him like he is like Nick Wark or whatever. It's yeah, like, he's and not. I mean, he even. Last year, when that whole thing happened with the LP New Hampshire being stolen, like, he came out and said, this is wrong, and we can't do this, and, you know, so I don't know, like, I don't understand why he gets so much hatred, and, you know, over the impeachment with Trump, like, I don't agree with him on that. Yeah, neither do I, I mean, I remember, I was a Tulsi supporter then, and I remember, like, I wasn't sure how she was going to vote. And I was like, please just fucking vote no. we the only Democrat who votes no. And then she voted present, which I was like, okay, okay like, this is And airport. then she introduced a censure for bombing Syria and vetoing the end of the, the war in Yemen and like a bunch of things. Yeah, okay, she's like, that. okay, oh, here we go. This is awesome. So I wish he had done something like that. But, you know, like when you're talking about, I mean, if you compare his votes to Rand Paul's, his are probably better. Honestly, and yeah. Rand Paul has ditched liberty on a lot, like, mm-hmm. higher states' votes. Like, he voted for Lloyd Austin for Secretary of Defense. And Amash wasn't in Congress anymore, but he wrote a whole thread about how having, um, I forget if he's a Halliburton or Raytheon executive or whatever, but having a weapons contractor executive as a Secretary of Defense is awful. And then Rand Paul votes <laughs> for for him. Yeah. To me, that's a way bigger deal than, yeah. you know, voting for impeachment over a phone call or whatever. Right. I mean, so, I don't know. I think people, like, yeah, they forget, and I think a lot of that was sentimental attachment to Trump, too. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, it's also because Gate was a complete fabrication and it's so charged with, you know, complete bullshit accusations. Right. of Treason, and then you also have all this warmongering pressure that comes behind it. So I I understand that it's, like, extremely – it is a big thing to fuck up on. So I understand why people are upset about it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Raytheon executive for secretary of defense, you guys all forgotten that Rand Paul voted for that.
1: Well, the other thing that (laughs) –
0: and I would never – this Rand in any kind of shitty kind of way because I really think after these last two and a half years, he's – literally proved himself a hero. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's been one of the only guys who's been consistently speaking up for natural immunity. Yeah. And uh, just, it's been grilling Fauci left and right, which is phenomenal. I mean, that's like, I love watching that. Yeah, But um, I think people also forget that he's also very pro-Israel, which is very strange considering, you know, how his father was and Mm -hmm. how much of an anti-war guy. He sometimes is... But then he'll literally go on the floor and speak and then post a video to YouTube saying that he's for the Iron Dome in Israel. Like, mm-hmm. dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't really get spending and then say that we got to send all this money over to Israel. Like, what the? You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah. And uh, I know Scott Horton's baked them on it, but you could say, Rand Paul, you could look up Rand Paul flip flops and you'll find results on Google. But um, I think the overall message here is these people are not perfect. I mean, you could say Thomas Massey when it comes to Congress is probably about as good as it's going to get. I'm sure somebody could probably bring up something that we would disagree with him on. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Amash, I disagree with him on the impeachment of Trump. Uh, Rand Paul, disagree with him on the thing with Lloyd Austin, I disagree with him on Mm Israel. I'm sure you can find more stuff that I disagree with him on. But don't cast these people out, which people largely did with Amash, just because you don't like one thing. Like, look at the big picture And people could say do that with Trump, but like there's quite a distinction between Justin Amash and his voting record and Trump. Yeah, no, no kidding. I mean, I think also it matters like what someone's running for or
1: like what their position so like for like with DeSantis, like if he's
0: gonna say governor of Florida, I don't care. Like fine, like he's one of the most impressive governors. You know, uh, he's certainly made a name for himself. Like, yeah. what, I disagree with him on a lot of stuff. But if he's going to remain governor of Florida, I don't really give a shit. Right. If he runs for president, he could be the worst president of my lifetime. Because yeah. he has the energy to make everyone believe in the empire again. And if we got to go to war with Iran or we got go to go war with China or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck, like, we will fucking do it for DeSantis, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, Tulsi, when she was running for president tons of stuff i disagree with her on domestically yeah. but she wouldn't have had any control over really, any of that stuff and most of her control would have been with you know the military and being able to veto bills so she wanted to veto the patriot act she wanted to bring our troops out of afghanistan and the war in yemen and you know involvement in syria and involvement in somalia so i was like okay cool like you know whatever like that's good for the role that that person's going for so some people will have like this puritan lens yeah. and they're not thinking about like <laughs> so like if someone's running for district attorney and they're a full-blown communist why does that matter like yeah. do they want to get people out of jail for smoking marijuana yeah like okay we're so on the same the, side yeah man. like i don't care what your economic views are yeah. if you're district attorney because it's your... not going yeah. to matter at that kind of level yeah, yeah. so yeah, um, so when it comes to you know 2024, uh, I feel like you, me, and Pat have really rung the bells with the whole China stuff, because
1: the political right looks really good until
0: you get to their answer, and their answer consistently is, we can't focus on Russia, we can't focus on Ukraine, because we need to focus on China.
1: Even Marjorie
0: Taylor Greene is horrid on this issue. Yeah. And Ron DeSantis, balance issue. Matt Gaetz, balance issue. Anthony Sabatine, this issue. All the good right wingers are horrid yeah. on China. And I really don't think people understand how bad that is, especially when you have all these prominent right wingers. It's like uh, I tweeted out once, and I think I had you, uh, I said it over to you, but uh, it's uh, China is the number one enemy, is the new, they hate us for our freedom, because that's yeah. all we're hearing now is China, you know. Don't worry about Russia. China's the number one enemy. Yeah. Like, I, I'll i hear out your arguments, but you realize that their debt to GDP is like 300%. So they literally spent 300% of what they take in taxes. Um, they build cities and then demolish them. Yeah. Um, the whole Uyghur genocide thing was built on a complete fabrication. And people are just running with this stuff. And they're so hell-bent on just, like, getting back in China and I don't think people understand like how bad that could go because that could go just as bad as it's going with Russia, like the literal potential for nuclear war. We don't know what that looks like until it, it's fucking here. It's bad. And I, uh, ran what's her face, Kathy Barnett, who's very, very popular. She's a very popular, um, right-wing populist politician who's running for a Senate here in Pennsylvania. She was essentially calling for war with China in her foreign policy. She said, if, uh, China goes for Taiwan, then we will stop them. So oh I understand it's not like an open call for war, but what do you think China does? Just says, All right. Yeah. Probably not. We don't know. So the aspect of twenty twenty four, it seems like a lot of the hawks have kind of like laid off Iran, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. But like the China stuff, they just keep levering it up. And honestly, Biden's even worse on China than Trump was. So it's kinda of funny to hear people saying Beijing Biden. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, you know, um, maybe Bernie Sanders seemed pretty anti war when he led the uh, effort in the Senate to end the war in Yemen, right? Like, so if you just look at that moment, it's like, holy shit, Bernie Sanders and AOC and these people are the best. They want to end this genocide. Like, why wouldn't we just throw our full support behind them? But if you looked at Bernie back then, if you looked at his record on how he felt about Russia, how he voted to sanction Russia in the past, like all this shit with Ukraine and with how horrible the progressives are now, it would have been totally predictable if you just look at the records wow. of those people while they were in there. Yeah. So yeah, the same way with like DeSantis or, you know, Marjorie Taylor Green doesn't have a record, but she's telling us straight up what she would do about China. So imagine if libertarians had said like, okay, fine. We're throwing all their support behind Bernie Sanders just because he's good on this one war. Like I would have been retarded. I mean, yeah. especially now. Been like, oh wow, look at what we'll these libertarians back right. and now they now Bernie's pushing for World War Three with Russia. Yeah. You know, so it's the same thing. Like, yeah, they might be good on this one war. Uh, but they're already bad on Afghanistan. Like, what does this mean, Republicans? A bunch of them are like, we need to run on inflation, guns, and in Afghanistan. It's like what about Afghanistan? And it's like, it was an embarrassment and, you know, we needed to show more strength. I mean, so they're already fucking lost on Afghanistan. So yeah, fuck them. Like, I don't think it's, I think absolutely like, just like it would have been right to amplify Bernie's voice when he was anti-war in Yemen in 2018 or whatever that was. Mm -hmm. Absolutely support him in that effort. Just like we should support Marjorie Taylor Greene in her efforts against funding Nazis in Ukraine, like 100%. But to, like, just blindsidedly jump on board with everything they stand for, no. Just like with Tulsi, like, you know, she was right on most of the war issue, but to, like, blindsidedly forget what she says about the war on terrorism or whatever, like,
1: no. I mean, so, like, if it comes down to it and if
0: it's, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene for president versus Biden then I don't know, maybe it'll be another shitty situation. It's like Tulsi versus Trump. Like, what do you do? Like, it's just like, okay, I guess I'll go with this one. But as far as, like, you know, throwing full libertarian support behind them in a non-election year and acting like they're the end-all, be-all and the perfect solution, like, I don't think we should do that, so.
1: Yeah, and I
0: think that's part of the reason why I could never quite get down with the GOP, Rob, and a lot of those guys are pretty convincing in what they say, but – I'm not willing to suspend my, I don't want to say disbelief, but I'm not willing to lie to people about what their candidates have done and what happened under Trump. Yeah. And that's really been the whole, you know, I don't say antithesis, but like the whole,
1: my whole perspective on it is like, I can't lie to people about what's been done.
0: And I think it's kind of disingenuous to take people's outrage at current situation and just try to amplify it rather than have them understand why we're where we're at right because if we just keep pushing people in this direction and then all they think is okay well if we get trump or santa and then all problems are going to disappear okay well then what and that's my problem with supporting gop candidates because like okay well they're supposed to be good on these, all of these issues but trump wasn't good on spending he wasn't good on war he wasn't good on guns and people just completely turn a blind eye to it. So to me, that says that these people aren't willing to take a principled stance. Yeah, you could say I'm a wall for talking about principles, but at a certain point when it's your liberties at, you know, down to a vote, you need principled people to stand up for your liberties. And if people aren't going to do that, then you shouldn't support them. And I think that's the trap that a lot of people who like this current rendition of the GOP may be falling into with some of these people. Yeah, well, you know, Ron Paul didn't whitewash the Republican, uh, you know, fault for uh, getting us involved with the war on terrorism in the middle. I mean, like, the the Giuliani moment in 2007, he was basically saying this is all... The Republicans' fault. Yeah. And then Rand Paul did the same thing in 2016, like saying the hawks in my party ruined this country. Yeah. So, like, this newfound right thing is to say that it's all the left's fault and they've done all this and we need to just crush them. Where that's just not the way. I mean, it's fine if that's what you say you believe in, but don't act like that's Ron Paul's legacy because his legacy is explaining to people why we ended up where we are and you know, what policies we actually need to change, not just we need to flip over to red and everything's going to be fine. Right. And that was kind of the thing with Giuliani moment as well, is that it was kind of pulling on a thread and getting down to the history and understanding the root cause of the problem. It wasn't, and and it's not like you need to do a thorough history lesson because I'm not the Fucking foreign policy guy right i don't know that much about foreign policy but i have a cursory understanding of a lot of things but um i'm listening i just need to fix this chair oh you're good <laughs> um but it, it's a matter of trying to educate people and allowing them to make a principled stance rather than just kind of trying to run with the momentum and i feel like if you try to run with the momentum then once again what happens when you get another trump who objectively, by Republican standards, fails on most things. If he fails on most things, then at what point are you willing to say, just because he's supported by the majority of the GOP, we should run with him? Okay, well, what if he's not good? Which, in my opinion, he proved he failed, right? And, And I'm not willing to just suspend my belief in that to say that, okay, well, he's popular, so that's the choice we got. Well, no, you don't have to support that. I think that's where a lot of people are stocked in. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a Republican or Democrat as an ex-president, but um, I think, uh, you know, just waking as many people up as we can and living our own lives the best way we can is really all you can do. Um, You know, I, I think Ron Paul changed a lot more about the way people think about everything, that he actually changed the way anything was done, right? Yeah. Because the wars, the spending, that all continued, whatever. But he changed the way millions of people think and the way millions of people live their lives. So I think that's all we really can do. So, um, wow. yeah, like, falling in line with, oh, yeah, we just got to vote this way this time and everything will turn out okay. Like, <laughs> you know, it work that Yeah, way. well, like, we, we've seen how that worked out. And I think this is something important about the Beast's Caucus. It's something that Dave touched on on that uh, episode with Mark that we were talking about on Lines of Liberty a little bit earlier. Um, It's the community aspect. And I've felt that personally every single time I've been to a LP event or even like some of the local LP meetings, which I just haven't been able to go to because my life's been very busy lately. But uh, there is a sense of community. And, um, you know, to kind of go to the – Cartoon cliche, maybe it's not the destination, but it's a friend's remain along the way. And I think that's something that's very important that's coming with the Mises Caucus is that there is a lot of friends and a lot of people that you meet along the way that may make your life a lot better. And, um, you know, people say, okay, well, why does it need to be attached to a political party? And I was thinking about this quite a bit today, but um, maybe it does need to be attached to a political party because that's something cohesive and it's something that people can recognize and kind of gather around. And I think that's what a lot of people realize when you could just, oh, well, why not just be a PAC? Well, there's there's between a PAC, like an action coalition, and an actual political party where people can get in and actually serve different functions throughout the party. And, yeah, it may not be, you know, we may not see Dave Smith 2024. I don't think we're going to, and I really don't care either. Mm -hmm. Um, But – you're going to have that community and maybe that's more important than trying to elect a libertarian maybe if we have that community then when the bubble goes burst and things come tumbling down then you have
1: a uh group of people you can rely on when you know you're trying to build things back
0: up when whatever form that looks like you know eight twelve four however many years down the road yeah yeah i mean I have driven all the way across this country, and I've had a free room to stay in every night because of libertarians that I know. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> and I drove all the way from Utah and Pennsylvania tonight. I'll be in Vermont tomorrow night, then back in New Hampshire the day after. Um, and yeah, it's a valuable community. And I have like called people and talked to them on the phone for a couple hours about things. And you know, there have been people who've been willing to help with money if people need you know little assistance getting through something or whatever like it's been a very good community to be a part of and as far as the party goes like whenever people ask me about libertarians they're never asking like hey is tom woods writing a new book or is someone starting a new podcast it's always like
1: who's running for
0: president in 24 or who's running for governor or whatever so that gives it some sort of validity and some sort of structure so i think it's valuable yeah it's it's kind of like i said earlier it's almost like a flag to kind of rally around so if you have a governor candidate when you have a presidential candidate um it is kind of a culture that people can foster together and then what kind of falls from there is uh you know completely up to us to kind of build and develop for future generations and we don't know what that looks like years and years down the line and that's kind of why i really like here in Pennsylvania why we have so many elected libertarians and yeah it's nothing glorious for a majority of these positions but once again we don't know what this looks like years and years down the road so it's very very exciting and then to kind of tap on what you said that's incredible that you know you were able to access this community And not have to worry about just checking into some hotel and some town that you don't know, and uh, you know, just before we recorded this, we had barbecue. We sat down for dinner, and you met my fiance. You were playing with the dogs today, so it's just uh, well, yeah. Then even this morning, you're hanging out with Jeremy Todd and his kid. Yeah. So it's I don't know. There's something really special about that to be able to be in two different states and two completely separate areas and be able to spend time with people and I don't know people that you care about and just enjoy life outside of political stuff yeah we're talking about political stuff right now we talked about political stuff earlier but you know we also you got to see some parts of Pennsylvania and you got to see some parts of Cincinnati I think that's really valuable and I think that's perhaps what some detractors are failing to see is that there's more than just trying to elect a libertarian here, there's a community being built. I think that's incredibly necessary. If you want to have any kind of meaningful change, even beyond politics. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. So. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I think we've been shooting the ship for a little bit. Um, it's so awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad you got to stop by. Yeah. The dogs like you. And obviously <laughs> I like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the fiance likes you too. I think she's probably passed out in the other room. So, uh, I think we'll call it a night at that, dude. Um, It's been awesome, man. Yeah. Keep up the good work, man. For sure, dude.
1: Thank (laughs) you for uh, being a large part of it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Take care.